You're listening to Only Here for the Wi-Fi. Apologies, as per usual, we start off the show with a little bit of a, a little bit of a wonky thing, you know. And uh, hopefully now the sound is a lot better, the connection is a lot better, and uh, you know I just want to thank everyone for having the patience and being cool. You know, it's a thing. Yeah. God damn. Mm. Today, all right. Yes, perfect now. Positive reinforcement in the house. That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh. <laughs> all right, cool. So that's out of the way. And that's out of the way. Today on the show, we have Jenna Saman. I hope I'm pronouncing her name properly. Uh, you know, she's a cellist, man. You know, she likes. Hold up. Let me turn this shit down. Hold up. Hold up. She likes, you know, 300-year-old instruments. That's crazy. You know what I mean? She's got a really cool hard case. She's got an affinity for uh, dinosaurs. And she covers classical music sometimes on the internet. And you know what? She's not really someone with, like, much of an online presence. And, um, you know, this is kind of a a thing that she's breaking out of her shell. I'm glad to be part of it in a way. You know what I mean? We all love, we all love Jana. That's what's up. And just as a um, a warning to some of you people who are maybe a little bit more reserved and a little bit more used to, um, you know, more of the classic way of an interview on the internet. And I just wanted to apologize that I'm somewhat of a jokester, somewhat of a comedian, somewhat of someone who takes life um, not too, too seriously. And... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so this is a song, and she's playing it. It's Aria for f- four cellos with Najee Hakim and uh, and Jana, and they played it. She just recently put out a video uh, on the YouTube. It premiered yesterday, right? Yes. And, and she did it, and she did it, and now we're going to look for her in the chat. Is she even there, dude? This is awkward as fuck. You know, I'm doing this interview and she's not even here. Oh, yeah, she is. We're going to do it through Red Booth, though, right? Yeah. We're going to send the request. All right, she's here. I'm my bad. I thought that, yeah. Mm hmm. Yep. And you're there. What's up, girl? How you doing? <laughs> Classical Music Podcast was good. How are you? Hi, everyone. Hey, Jana, thank you for taking the time to do this, honestly. And, um, you know, you're super cool for, um, you know, for doing this. It's brave. I am just letting yeah, you know. I'm just letting you know. I'm kind of shitting my pants right now. I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit like, I don't know, I guess. I, I look very serious, but I'm, I'm not. Kind of not intimidated by your... Um, like level of proficiency at an instrument and and all that. But anyway, we're you know, we're going to keep it fun. We're going to we're going to get into some things. So first and foremost, uh I will say bonsoir. Thanks so much for you to come on the show. Oh, I hope kel ailtik uh they are safe or mafi, you know, mambi muto. Right? We're good so far. So yeah. so far so yeah. good, right? Let's uh wash our hands. Okay, I will see this in disinfect ourselves before we do the podcast hey so um 
first and foremost, right, getting into where does one find a 300-year-old cello? It's, it's not easy, but not in on this continent. I'm in Lebanon right now, so this was in Germany. Yeah. Wow. In Germany. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I found a 300-year-old German cello, and I, I got to um, get it and, and bring it with me here, back home. So, very proud. Yani, how did that work at the at the motar, Yani? Where they like, you were like, no, it's, it's not a problem. As long as you have uh, the papers to to um, to show them that it's your instrument, you're not stealing the instrument, you know. Mm. But they're not. Uh, they always control. They even asked me to play once to perform to make sure it's my instrument at the airport. So what? They, they do that all the time, right? They do that all the time. The 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 like the the darak or the police there. They're like, eh, telab guitar, yalla, galnili wa. No, this was actually in, this was in Germany in Lebanon. They asked if this was a refrigerator or something because they said <laughs> I have to pay tax for the electronics. Yeah, uh, that's all they care about. They're like, sure, cello. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Limoncello, yani tishrabo, limoncello. Seriously, buying a flight ticket for this thing. And- yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hey, Elias is in the chat. What's good, my dude? The the work that you guys did together, I gotta tell you, I'm like floored, super impressed. Um, how did that all come to? How did all? Yeah. How did that all come to be? Well, it was actually I don't know. Maybe I uh, I wasn't yet in Lebanon. I was visiting or something. I don't remember. I wasn't living here. And then Yas contacted me and he was like, would you like to, to see my music and maybe collaborate on, uh, on an album? And I met him and we had to put the music together, like actually write the music together. We met for a few rehearsals and then we went to the studio and we, we, we recorded the cello for, for the whole album. This was in Germany or was this in Canada? No, was no. This... this was in Lebanon. But I, I wasn't living here back then, so I was here on a visit or something. Yeah. Uh... Well, in all in all cases, uh, bravo! Um, you know, you are um, both a, a a really cool combination. You know what I mean? The production of the record is great. I know it's a little bit like it's you know a couple years old already, but I mean it's new to me, and it's definitely going to be a, uh, new to a lot of my audience. And who knows? You know, I I I be working with a lot of peoples in hip hop. You know what I mean? And I can tell you right now, you know, like my boy Chino, he would love and has, in fact, had um, Adek, if you know Adek, um, you know, in the past, uh, collaborate on a on a song for Origami, I believe. So okay. you know, keep it up. You know, don't fret away from stepping in the world of hip hop. And maybe, you know, I mean, like classical music, you're doing that great, you know, Red Red Booth. We're going to talk about Red Booth. We're going to be talking about all the different artists and people and, and how, and, you know, all that stuff. But like, I'm just saying, you know, like if you get hip hop people hitting you up, you know, maybe put some, you know, maybe put some together, you know. Why not? Why not? Never say no to, you know, anything new. I like challenges and I also learn every time I do something new, it's an opportunity for me to, to learn, you know. Definitely. Because I believe I cannot myself a cellist if I cannot perform all types of music, right? So I have to have a little bit uh, an idea about everything, like jazz, classical, baroque, I don't know, everything. Why not? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Question. Are you on 3G <laughs> right now or are you on the Wi-Fi? I'm on the Wi-Fi. Should I switch? 
Can you give it a shot? Because yeah, I would. Hang on a second. Yeah, because right now I'm telling you, like, it's a little bit. Is this like if if people were to hear the music musically speaking, it's kind of sounding like? Are you there? Mm. Welcome to another edition of Choppy Interview. Choppy Interview. With Jenna Simon. Choppy, <laughs> choppy, choppy. With really, really bad connection. It's getting better. Sort of. Oh. It's getting clearer. Nope. Back to shit. Yes! Yeah! Love this. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Um, yeah, we're gonna let Red Booth. <laughs> yeah, switching it's Lebanon. She's gone. <laughs> She'll come back though. All right, let's give this. Let's give this a try. Red Booth. I just want this to be, you know, something bearable to witness and watch for sure. Um, for everybody. Oh, it's better now. Oh, so much better. Thank God. Only here for the Sorry. Wi-Fi. See? Three, you know. The... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always the case. It's only the, it's always the case. All right. So uh to keep things rolling and moving, okay, on some real stuff. So let's say, for example, I mean, you're playing this, you know, very, very old instrument. And from what I understand, the strings are not exactly your most typical strings. They're not like steel or wounded nickel or whatever. They're made from like sheep's guts and stuff, right? Uh, just on the baroque cello, not on the modern one. Right. Like the, the I'm talking just heard regular steel strings, but the old ones, it's guts actually. Yeah. Sheep guts, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, for example, what happens if you're in Lebanon? Do you have, like, extra strings on hand? Or, like, how, where do you even go? Like, do, is there a place in Burj Hamoud that you go to that's, like, Basterma and got strings for Baroque instruments? <laughs> no, not the butcher. No. I always buy uh, extra strings when I, whenever I'm in Germany. So, yeah. yeah. Is there a, a particular uh, flavor of gut string that you like, Yanni? Like, how, how do you test it? No, actually, but the animal is important. So mm. sheep gut is better than cow gut. Hey. Actually, it's more flexible. You can tune it better. So yeah. yeah, the animal is important. Yeah, you know, I mean, your boy did some research. I know that like the angle of the neck on the cello is different on the Baroque one. You know, like it's less pressure on the instrument. It like it like breathes and stuff, you know? Yeah. But that's cool. So, so. Is it a, is it, you go to a luthier? Like, where do you go? Do you have to go to a museum? Like, <laughs> where do you get these strings from? Just at, at the music shop or at the violin makers also. Yeah. Okay. So you have to go to a special place. It's not like you can go to Mozart Shaheen and be like, I want a four baroque uh, string. No, not in Lebanon, unfortunately. No. Yeah. But yeah, maybe. Uh, actually, uh, the whole thing is new here. I know it's early music, but the whole thing is new. Actually, uh, a couple of years ago, I started the first center for early music in Lebanon. Mm. So, like, as well, you know, the university. So the whole thing is 
is new and it's very exciting. I hope that in the future we can introduce the instruments, the accessories. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's, I mean, you know, that's great for you to, uh, to be doing that. I mean, I know, you know, shout out, you're not just an amazing musician, but you're also an, an educator, a professor, you know, um, and in a way elevating or re what do you call it? Like, um, whatever you're a hype man for the, the old school, you know what I mean? Like old school, you know, which is, <laughs> which is great. Um, yeah. So you've, you've performed all over the world. Like, do you have a, a favorite city and or experience that you had on tour? Uh, always. I can't just call, I cannot choose one, but every place has its charm and experience. Like, you know, I've played in thousands of festivals around the world, but the audience, let's say, of the BBC proms in London is something else. You know, the crowd like, at BBC what? The BBC Proms Festival. Okay. The Proms. Yeah. So we of had course. to play once, seven times an anchor, like seven anchors. It's never happened before, so it was amazing. Wow! Yeah. What a rock star! And that was with no, not, no. I wasn't alone. I was with a, a symphonic orchestra. Right, right, right. And and this was under the. Uh, the guidance or the maestro of, of which, which uh, conductor? Uh, he is called Daniel Barenboim. Ah, uh, yeah. What up, Danny? Yeah. What's up? What's up? How you doing, my man? You know, I, I followed <laughs> you on Instagram. What's up? You know, if you ever want to talk about classical music with someone who has zero background in it, hey, you're welcome to come on the show. No, but you know, it's always a different thing. Once I've performed in a jazz club, and I was so... Um, anxious because although you know it's a jazz club, people are having their beer or whatever, and it's maybe an audience of a hundred people. But I was more stressed than a festival with ten thousand people where I'm comfortable in my comfort zone playing classical music. Mm. Uh, because back then, this experience with jazz was new to me, so I was more stressed than a regular day with uh, an audience with ten thousand people. Right. So it's very different. Plus, the audience is sitting much closer, like way closer to you. And I'm not used to this. You know, classical music, usually you have like, I don't know, five, ten meters far away from the audience. Everything is dark, you know. But jazz music is different. People interact. They they clap in between. And they're very close to you. And it's, it's different. Yeah. You have to really get to everything. Yeah. Absolutely. So, of, so uh, this was in London, I'm assuming? No, uh, which one? The, the the festival it was. The jazz club was was in Germany where I used to live in, in Stuttgart. In Stuttgart. Oh, how very nice. Yeah. Do you have a, a particular type? Are you a fan of the curry sausages? Uh, not really. Uh, living there had made me vegetarian for a long time. Like as long as I lived there, I was whoa, vegetarian. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, what? Because of all of this meat, you know? was oh. a lot of meat. It was a lot of meat. You know, this is actually kind of an interesting question. I was going to say, can you even... I know you said vegetarian, but this is just for comedy purposes, okay? Okay. If you're a vegan, can you be a Baroque musician? I had an issue too, you know? You had to uh, tie the gut strings like really hard with your teeth so it would work. What? And I had an issue doing it because I had to imagine what these things are made from. Yeah, and then I, I, I made my teacher do this for me. Like, here, can you tie the string? Yeah. But then I got over this. Yeah. When I moved back to Lebanon, it was much better. 
So I well, guess me- I guess you can be then, huh? You kind of have to be, right? You, there's no room for that, right? Definitely no, just, Baroque music just, is not vegan music, right? Because you're just taking animal parts and being like, yeah, and stretching, yeah. <laughs> stretching you them You know, out. there's a very funny thing about Baroque musicians. It's a pre-judges, I know. But most of them in Germany, the people I met, they have to think they're vegan. They they don't wear leather stuff and they're very, I don't know why. Reserved. It's weird. Sure. When I first went, when I first entered the department, when I was back at the university, you know, I was a bit different. So I, like not very standard Baroque musician with, you know, all these uh, things. I had my hair shaved, like on one side, everything. I was heading there to my first day of master's there. And someone was like, hey, the jazz department is over there. So I was like, I'm <laughs> not going there. Going to the early <laughs> so. That's a yeah, break. But- Judgy, huh? You got people who be like, yeah. oh, oh, darling, you seem <laughs> to be lost. Did you think you were coming to the classical section? <laughs> the jazz weed smoking folk go to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what about in the Middle East, though? Like, um, you know, have you done a lot of touring in, in the Arab world? Only since I've moved back to Lebanon, like exactly four years ago. Um, because, you know, we don't have this um, ideology of, ah, we have to perform classical music. It doesn't have a big audience in the area, and you know, in the, in the East region. So I never toured here. Mostly it was Europe or even in South America. I've toured a lot there, but, or Asia, like China, Japan, uh, Korea, but not in the Arab world. But since I, uh, I moved back, I met a few people who tried to combine the idea of orchestra and Arabic music. So I've been performing with, uh, I'm sure you know her, Majida Rumi, the singer. No, I've never heard of her. Who's that? <laughs> exactly. So uh, I, I had the chance to some of the Arab countries with her uh, while playing with an orchestra. That's the interesting part. Right. So, yeah. Um, so are you like buddy buddy with, um, you know, the Lebanese Philharmonic? Are you like, um, you know, like. Not really. Uh, interesting. Uh, I've played a lot with an orchestra, but I chose not to be uh, an orchestra musician, like full-time orchestra musician. So I'm not. I don't play fully with an orchestra unless it's a baroque ensemble or a project orchestra, which hmm. I'm part of now. Damn. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I've been having a conversation uh, with other previous guests and people who were involved, you know, in the in the in the, I guess, you know music world or whatever right um mm-hmm. an ethical standpoint right um right now lebanon is going through a bit of a <laughs> economically financially corona blah 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 but there's a shift that's happening in saudi arabia and they're investing billions of dollars into the arts and entertainment and tourism do you think that um that's a place that you would be open to be part of because there's like mucho dinero involved or do you have like somewhat of a political, like do you let politics get in the way or influence your music at all in any way or your perform choicing of choices of performing? Well, music always comes first. So my choice has to be based on, um, I think first, if I would be useful to this place, I'd be adding something new or not. It wouldn't be like, is this good? Do they pay well? Or I don't know, because this would kill me. If I'm not happy musically, I'm not doing anything interesting then. $10,000 American. 
I really, it's worth nothing if I'm not happy. What? Ten thousand yeah. dollar? What are you talking about? Ten thousand dollars? Uh huh. So. Okay. What if I'm un unhappy and I have to go to a psychologist and pay all the money? It'd be fun. You can you can give him like or her a chunk of the of the money that you earn from the performance. But anyway, <laughs> no, you know what? Mad respect. You know what? Respect. You are like um, a rare breed because I mean, you know me, man. I'll do a dance. You tell me like, fifty dollars, I'll be like, I'm there. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, listen. I, I had the choice to stay in Germany, where it's actually also very good. But I thought. Coming back to Lebanon was always plan A, first plan, because I thought here I can be useful, I can do something. You know, I grew up with one cello teacher. When he passed away, I had no, no one to teach me. So I didn't want this to happen for the next generation again. Mm. So, yeah, trying to do something. Well, interesting. And I mean, but I mean, okay, so here's another thing that, you know, it's needs it needs to be spoken about, right? You've recently put out a um a video. Hold on, let me see if I can't like hold on, where is it? Did I take a screenshot? God damn it. Uh you well, I mean it's it's already on hold on a second. It's the aria for four cellos. It's it's a performance that that's something that you This was yesterday. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. This was yesterday. So you're putting out content on online. You're, you're uh, staying active. You know what I mean? Um, and Red Booth, certainly, you know, uh, shout out to them for, for helping, uh, you know, and Scarlett and everybody who's been part of, uh, you know, Rise, a.k.a. William Mahfoud for, you know, doing the mixing and, and the mastering and stuff like that. Um, is digital concerts live streaming uh digital concerts something that you want a lane that you want to get into uh definitely but i will not replace live music and live concerts with that so it's something to do to be doing right now it's the perfect time to do this because or else we wouldn't be doing anything mm. online presence is important live streaming for people who cannot maybe attend concerts everything there are digital concert halls now the berlina philharmonica they have a digital concert hall but this does not replace actual concerts with like ten thousands of people festivals you know big festivals we miss this we need well, yeah this. we do but i'm just saying like is this something that okay well first of all everyone has become now myself included um somewhat of a brand or and or broadcasting channel a hub right everybody now with instagram and or twitch or streaming ability right coronavirus has kind of forced our hand to if we want to perform in any shape or, or, or form or, or connect with an audience you know that's kind of what we're having to do right so yeah. it's i know that it's not going to replace it but are you down with doing live streams yeah, definitely. I've done also a couple of things, many things last year uh, since COVID thing has started. I've, I've played concerts like live on Facebook, interviews, I've recorded many things, you know, through Red Booth. Right. Many videos. It is important. We've been also teaching online this whole time. You know? Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, you got Anthony Seman in, in the house from Beirut Jam Sessions. I hope that you guys do a cross... Uh, 
cross red booth slash Beirut jam sessions, jammy jam jam, uh, because that would be super dope. I mean, you know, the uh, bar of musicianship that you have and a lot of the performers that are on uh, red booth. I mean, bro, it's like, you know, it's a different beast. You know what I mean? It's, it's like some serious, serious talent there. Um, and I think you guys for sure should do a bit of a crossover thing. I'm going to do, but okay. So you've been doing digital performances. You've been doing the streaming at the same time. You know, some people, uh, you know, they rely entirely, especially if they professional musicians, they, uh, they rely entirely on earning a fee or, or, you know, like, you know, like a performance fee. So what do you think is a fair price for a digital concert well i've never thought of this because it's interesting really because i've done this actually just in order to be doing something right now so i've never thought of this uh, to put it in this way uh, but maybe we should for the future because this is going on like you know all the time. Right. what i know is uh, with the digital concert halls like going back to classical orchestras the fees are way less for the people for the audience attending then those going to actual concert halls can actually also have a year pass for a month, you know, like you can. Okay. So, so, but I don't know about musicians, what would be actually fair for us um, to be doing this? Because, um, not, of course, we, we, we've, we practice, things. you know, we always we have a huge amount of hours to practice, to rehearse, all of this. But if, if I'm willing to record a concert from my home, now, luckily, I have Red Bulls, but if not, um, then I have to buy the whole equipment, the microphones, everything, a video camera. I don't know. This is very expensive. This is, again, um, a cost which you still have your instrument, right? I need to take care of my instrument, my strings, again, everything. So plus buying the equipment, this would be, uh, at least for the beginning, very important. And then somehow yeah. I need to the money to do this. So. Well, in terms of the strings, you know, there's an opportunity. I think maybe you and Red Booth, you know, you could team up with Mano and Beedle. You know, you get like you get a, a Besterma and pack of, <laughs> of gut strings, you know, and, and they and they smell great. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I think that, you know, five in the punk rock world. $5 has always been the standard. Now, given obviously in, in Lebanon, I think, you know, 15,000 is, is a fair enough thing. I know that now in, in that's like practically nothing, but yeah, at the yeah. same time, you know, like, let's be, let's be fair. Um, but it also depends how many people are attending, right? Well, it's supposed to be the internet, right? It's supposed to be anyone and everyone. So, Mbas yeah. Mohim. So do you have any uh, favorite acts to come out of the uh, Beirut area or the Arab world? Is it like, you know, maybe it's fellow people from uh, Red Booth or maybe it's not even in classical music. Do you have a favorite band or group or, or, or composer or someone coming out of the Arab world? Um, I've been getting to know more people recently since I've been back. Uh, I got to know people through other festivals, like local festivals also, like Beirut and beyond. I don't know if you know them. Yep. Um, yeah, so we have amazing people. I, I love jazz music specifically. So there are people like Tariq Yemeni, which like I never met in person, but amazing musicians that I'm, I'm getting to um, 
more than music and works. I'm very happy. It's gonna take some more time because I'm not much into, let's say, rap music. This is new to me. I've been listening to a few projects uh, last year uh, through Joel Hajj, who's organizing uh, some like, rap battles and stuff. This is new to me. I, I forced myself to sit and listen, um, you know, because we have to. We have to expose yourself to all kinds of music. So I'm still in the process of uh, listening to more um, local music. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, well but there you I've go. been collaborating with many uh, Lebanese composers, mostly for classical music, like the piece from yesterday, mm. or Elias Haddad, or Mr. Hakim, or other people, uh, Lebanese composers. So I've been recording a lot of uh, music for them, like local composers. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, hey, you know, like, you know, uh, it's true. I, I, I guess sometimes I, I forget that, you know, you know, Beirut is somewhat of a new place for you and somewhat of a predicament that you've been kind of stuck in a way you know like it just just happened to be that way but um in your time in lebanon uh i'm sure you know the landscape as to where live music happens you mentioned beirut beyond uh beirut and beyond international music festival you mentioned johaj aka the arena you know but that's on the on the hip-hop side um do you have a favorite venue in Beirut? It could be a bar. It could be, you know, um, it, it could be like an actual venue venue. But Or maybe it's a church. Do you have a favorite have place? So many, so many churches. I love the acoustic, of course, for because mostly it's natural acoustic that we do. I don't rely on amplifiers unless it's not a classical concert. Um, but I don't know. I like small places, too. Yeah. You know the Hamana right? Yes, I've never been, but I mean it's um you know it's a place. It's a it's a it's it's a bit rem- it's not it's my place. jam, but I mean I know of it. Yeah, but it's it's a cool place also. Yeah. Even performing acoustically and indoor because it's a small place, it sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, and the crew is very nice. So it also depends on the people, I think. Oh, for sure. I don't think I'm sure. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> you know, 100%. Yeah. Um you know, um, I had the opportunity, I guess you could say, to be, a, you know, it's not often that a rock band like myself would be able to perform at a church. And it was through AUB, at that cathedral, um, whatever the name the is. Assembly Hall. Assembly Hall, exactly. I beg yeah. your pardon? It's not a church anymore. I mean, it's kind of a church. Let's be honest, okay? Well, it's, uh, it's... The university does not identify itself with, you know, because yeah, they want to give it. It's a yeah. church. It's a church. I mean, it... I've performed there many times. I love the sound. Oh, and there's this pipe organ, you know? Yeah. Like, it's gorgeous. So, like, of the yeah. churches, is there a church that you're like, one day I'm going to play the hell out of that church? I've played in so many churches. I even have this project with Red Bull's Zanatay uh, Cipriani. Uh, it's a 300-year-old music again. And yeah. the purpose is to record each piece in a different church, depending on the acoustics we need for the piece. You know, like how fast. How- so, so how does that work? Are you guys like? I mean, you must have like somewhat of a, a connect with like a with a, a batrik or, or or like a you know like some like you know what I mean? Are you like down with the you know with the Christian fucking organization? You know what I'm saying? Like we together. Wait, wait. Batrik is a penguin. I would love to connect with the batrik. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Batrik is 
the patriarch, oh, whatever, yeah. the the cardinal, whomever. Are you like, you know what I mean? Look, uh, I'm Arabic's not my first language. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know it's totally fine. I have, but it's not that that complicated. Plus, classical music is actually Western. Classical music is connected somehow to the church. If we go back in history, right? So somehow, if you if I want to check with you now, fast. Uh, fact check the private universities offering uh, music as a major they have actually a faculty of music are the three like actually three catholic universities it's not something that i you know so it is like this it's a fact so if you have what three universities they're all if you have um antonine ndu and uzek and so it makes sense right right classical music somehow is still connected to uh church music or something well we're trying to bring this of course um this um, thing and it's working it is working yeah um, how do you feel do you are you a fan of um what's that group called man uh apocalyptica oh not really i mean it's cool they have long hair they can but, but musically uh, it was cool at the beginning because there wasn't so many bands doing the same but now everyone has a wheel and their cello pin trying to stand up playing while. <laughs> All right, so interesting, because um, I'm trying to you know tie these questions together and stuff like that. Um, you know, we we're talking about favorite places to perform and stuff like that. You know, a lot of rock bands are people who performers performers in the world get asked to play hotel California a lot, right? It's like, can you play hotel California? Right? <laughs> so what would you say the hotel California of classical music is? Uh, uh, music. There are so many pieces, but for cello specifically, I can answer this question. Everyone wants to hear the first prelude of Johann Sebastian Bach, you know, in C major. Everyone, can you play this? I want to play this. Like, yeah, it's so, so true. So, is it is it like a bit of an eye roll? You're just like, oh my god, this person. How could you ask me to play the most basic of songs? <laughs> Something like this. Or you have students who actually, uh, I don't really teach cello, uh, like um, unless for specific private students. But not in an institution. But I know so so many colleagues. Their students come like maybe first day of cello. I want to play this piece. Like maybe you could wait three, four, five years, and then it's gonna work. What about what yeah. about Flight of the Bumblebee? Isn't that another annoying piece? Uh, yeah, there is a version for cello. It's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But mostly, I think it's pianists who have to deal with it. Right, right, right. Okay, so now we're going to continue keeping the uh, the questions coming. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much again for, for tuning in. Uh, if you know uh, Jana and you have some questions that you'd like to ask her, by all means, blah, 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 click the uh, submission form thing for, for questions, and we'll try to uh, make this an involved and, um, you know, like, what do you participate? A participation podcast. Uh, suspend your reserve, suspend your, uh, conservatism for a minute. I do a segment on this podcast called fuck, Mary kill. Okay. So you have to decide of three options of which who you would, uh, 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 okay. So 
Fuck Mary Kill, Tamar Buta, Barometre, and Mezian. So should I choose the option that I like the most or hate the most? Yeah, like I mean, one that you love and like it's like mm -hmm. you really like it, one that you don't like at all, and one that you're like, eh. Marry one, kill one, and <laughs> one. But I don't really, I cannot really say that I know this person very, very, very much. That's okay. Like, just, okay. Just, just random, randomly, randomly. Maybe it's the name, just by the name. Or we can. No, but I know, like, Temar Buta is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Marry Temar Buta. Okay. Mm -hmm. You have two so more I, things I, to do. <laughs> That's how this thing works. All right. You know what? Mess. You know what? Here. Well, next. Next thing. Okay. How about this? Options. Yeah. Other options. Uh -huh. Okay. Fuck Mary Kill Bach Mozart Mithem Why? What well, Bach Bach above everything else? Of course. He's a god. Okay. So Mary Bach. Mm -hmm. Who do you kill? Mithem or Mozart? Mozart. You kill Mozart. Yeah. Yeah, what a dick, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, the thing is, maybe I've done something wrong. I've analyzed, I think, all his words, like ever. I had to during study. And then I, I figured out how um, commercial this was. And I was like, no, but I liked this guy before. So I lost respect a little bit, you know, for him. I know it's wrong to say this. Yeah. Um, in front of Kill Mozart. No, no, you know, it, no hard feelings. He's already dead, so it's all no bad. Yeah. And exactly. uh, and I guess uh, we're gonna be fucking uh, Milham Betterket. Great. Okay. So now we're gonna go into the next section. Uh, ben and Jerry's Buzet Bashir or Gelato Show. Can I can I add an option? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's all non-dairy because Ben and Jerry's, I think, is vegetarian. They have vegetarian options. No, no, I have no no more problem with this. I'm lactose intolerant, but it's fine. Oh, cool, cool, cool. But I, I love ice cream. I eat ice cream almost anyway, every right? Day. How can you not? Yeah. Well, I would I would vote for um local ice cream for sure. So I would leave Ben and Jerry's because you no know, support local. Support right? local. Yeah. Me will me. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, I think Bashir is pretty cool. Gelato Show is also yeah. on the highway. I love that place. Yeah, there is a place very, like, actually close to Gelato Show. It's called Helado, and it's way better. Oh, like, we got Hillscaf being like, Helado, la, la, please, please, <laughs> please. Yani, of course, try the it's right gelato next to show. Gelato Show. Yeah. All right. Uh, you got to choose between Spotify, Deezer, and SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Okay. So, SoundCloud's your jam. It's something, I think it's something more like psychological. We, we used to, you know, it was like the most popular platform during my studies. So everyone was throwing everything there. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting that the classical music world is more into uh, SoundCloud than uh, Spotify or Deezer. I guess. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Anthony. I guess you got to hack that, uh, you know, demographic. Um, all right. So how about Ableton, Pro Tools, or GarageBand? Well, I know it's stupid, but GarageBand is the thing I use on my laptop. 
So I like it, it's fine. But um, Pro Tools is the most standard thing, okay? Everyone likes it, I think, right? And Ableton, I I was surprised that you could do that much with Ableton. Like I just yeah. discovered this. I bet last you year. I bet you William had a lot to do with that. Yeah, William, he's the master of Ableton. And through yeah. William actually and he was, I've uh, kind of seen what they what they can do with all this. He was organizing lectures and stuff like this with Ableton. He had this, this book and stuff. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Super knowledgeable dude, man. And I guess he's in Germany now too, huh? Yeah, he's in Berlin. True. Yeah. So you're somewhat of a new person, a newcomer to social media. Okay. You just recently started an IG account. Okay. And uh, you're building an audience and stuff like that. Um, you know, like, why is that? And how do you feel about some of these platforms like TikTok and uh, Instagram and Twitter and so on and so forth? Like, you know, how do you feel about them? Well, I wasn't, I'm not really um, a social media person, you know, you've noticed. I only had Facebook because I wanted to connect with people I've met or, you know, during my tours and my concerts everywhere. It was the platform where you can stay in touch with um, people. So I was using Facebook to stay in touch with, with other musicians. And then there was all of these new things later on with Twitter, Instagram, I don't know what. And I thought, no, this is enough. I'm not a very social person. So Facebook is enough. I can keep track of my colleagues. We can stay in touch. We've been organizing things also together. Um, but Amazing. then during, during these times, since COVID has started, uh, I had some plans with Charlotte from Redwood, of course. And then we started recording stuff together. And she said, you need to have... Uh, an Instagram account because if you're going live, we're doing some something. I'm, I'm uh, tagging you. I don't know. So you need to have this. She actually opened the account for me. <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I need to work on this. I mean, yeah. listen, look, you've got a, a whole room full of people who are learning about you, who are your fans and your supporters, and encouraging you. You, you know what I mean? It's it's very brave of you and 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 cool of you to you know launch your page and or you know not launch your page, but I mean like to kick it into high gear doing podcasts. And I hope that you do more of them. And Hatta, even you could. I mean, you're yourself. How many classical music podcasts are there out there? There's a there is a um, a lane for you that maybe you could fill. You know, and maybe through through um, Red Booth. Now, uh, yeah. here's a segment that we're gonna do. Okay, it's called explain this explain this photo. So tell me what's going on here. This is very interesting. Uh, this is my cello being renovated. Uh, at a luthier shop here in Lebanon, Arti Skandarian's uh, violin-making shop in Kassnit. This instrument um, has been uh, distorted during the civil war or something like very long time ago in Lebanon. And um, I got this instrument in exchange. Um, I was crazy uh, to, to uh, a good instrument. So I had a German instrument. I was still studying. I was still a student in Lebanon. I had a German cello. And um, this woman comes with uh, something she inherited from her grandma, this cello, and in really, really bad condition. And she was like, I need to start. She's an older lady, but she, she loved cello. And she said, I need to start learning the cello, but I need an instrument that actually works. And so I said, here, take my cello and give me what you have. 
And she's like, hey, I should pay you money. I said, I want nothing. I want this, what you have. I ended up years without a cello. I borrowed a cello from the Lebanese National Conservatory because I was a student there. So I had a cello. I was borrowing like a Chinese cello or something for years uh, because I couldn't afford uh, a cello. And this one I kept in the closet like 15 years until I, I went to Germany, studied, came back and decided now I have, um, like I can actually start the renovation on this instrument. Mm. So the violin makers worked daily for three months on this one. Like you see here, it was during the procedure. Everything was open. They were trying to fix all the holes, everything, all the cracks. It was a lot of work and he didn't want to do it at the beginning because he said, I'm not sure, maybe it's worthless, you know, you put all the money and then for nothing. I said, I, I really insist, I see something in this instrument. And wow. now I play this instrument too, it's, I, I love this, this cello. Oh, that's it's a, also like a 150 year old uh, French cello. That's a beautiful yeah. story, Jenna, that's amazing. That's amazing. And I mean, it certainly must have been the most terrifying moment for you as well, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, of course. Uh, no. because, especially because I didn't know what would happen after, like the result. I had to wait and see until everything was finished. Uh, there was a possibility that I just, I would just, you know, give away the cello or something. Yeah. But yeah, so, it was so, the way. Uh, and this imagine. is your hard case. One of them. This is my baroque cello inside. My three hundred year cello inside. <laughs> that you don't mind bashing into walls in cathedrals and stuff like that. <laughs> No, it was empty. <laughs> it was an empty case during the shooting. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> There's a clip of you. It's so funny, man. That 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 had me dying, dying. <laughs> I was laughing so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and how about this? Uh, so, you went to where's this uh, museum? It's the uh, Naturkunde Museum in, in Stuttgart, and I I like to go on walks on sunny days. So I walked through the city and there was this, I always entered the museum, like whenever I, there was something I didn't see. I love museums. So this was all about nature and I made a good friendship with this guy. Yeah. Do you have a yeah. favorite dinosaur? What's your favorite dinosaur? Uh, um, I, I don't know. I'm not really into dinosaurs, but uh, I forgot everything I mean, else in there. The picture, <laughs> the picture kind of says otherwise. It looks like you're about to give the, the dinosaur a kiss. So, hey, maybe, you know, if you don't know that's a Tyrannosaurus Rex, how could you not? Uh, wow. Thank yeah. you. I mean, how, Wait, what? I you, you mean to tell down. me, you mean to tell me you didn't like Jurassic Park when the movie came out, like the first one? I, I didn't say anything. I just said I don't know all the names, you know. I don't spend my time studying dinosaur names. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there are only like three of them, right? There's like Brontosaurus, Tyrannosaurus, and Triceratops. Everything else is all like just, hey, maybe turn down the amount of knowledge. Anyway, hmm. so quarantine cover. You have been doing a series of covers online. Um, yeah. What, what have you done so far? for those who are new to you and um you know are you worried about possibly getting chimera what oh you don't know about chimera no okay so once upon a time um there's a metal band here in lebanon called chimera and ah, the band yeah yeah yeah. okay and they I did a know. cover of some <laughs> 
Now I know what you're talking about. Right. And I they, didn't know it's a band's name. I thought you were talking about something else. Yeah, I heard about yeah. this. I read the yeah the news. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the artist's name, but they did something about Beirut, and it was about the blast, and you know. Yeah, it, yeah, the Majda Rumi song. I know. Majda Rumi. Yeah. That's her name. It's different, you know. This music is 300 years old. There's no more copyrights. You need to wait 70 years, and then you're free to go. Is that how it works? 70 years. There's yeah. not someone renewing the copyright uh, clauses for. Uh... No. Okay. Seventy years, and then. Damn. That's it. Uh, plus, it's actually more like a, it's not a cover; it's a rearrangement, right? So I took a pe- I took pieces for cello and basso continuo, which is an accompaniment, and I I transcribed them for four cello. Mm. Yeah. Well, there you go. And I was bored during the quarantine, so I ended up recording this at home with my like things I have my microphone sound card stuff and I sent everything to Scarlett to Red Booth so here you go you can help me edit this <laughs> well you know uh cheers to both of you Scarlett is um you know an amazing person who has been doing a lot to elevate um you know a different side of you know there are cliques in Lebanon I've realized that over uh, the course of time hatta even studios there are like certain cliques that exist right you have like the avant-garde contemporary uh you know uh, artist artist tune fork you've got the like super Chris Jor and Eli Ail from the brain and you know then there's there's fucking Red Booth which is like you know more you know, Fuad Afra and the like, uh, the, the jazzy jazz, McJazzy classical music. And, and, um, it's cool. It's interesting to see all of that. Hey, Mark Basila in the house. What's up, man? Um, speaking of drummers, do you have a favorite drummer of, uh, in Lebanon that you know of, whether it be, let's say Fuad Afra, Danny Shakri or uh, Gio Najarian? Oh, I know them. I love all of them. Everyone has his sound. And that's really amazing about drummers. You think, ah, drums, percussions, ah, bam, bam, bam. No, it has really, everyone can create his own sound. If I close my eyes, I would, I would know if this is Fuad Afra or Chris Michaels or I don't know. Right. Know, it's a different resonance that they create out, out of their instruments. And I love all of them. It's not, I'm not trying to be uh, dramatic here, but I would, I would call a different person depending on the music the project, I'm playing. 100%. Yeah, I mean, G- Gio's got, for. I used to always say he's he's got that like gospel thing down, you know, he's very, you know, soulful. Anyway, and shout out to Marcos, uh, also, uh, you know, Mark Basila, aka Mark Vasiliu, uh, over in, in Germany. I don't know if you guys ever cross paths, but I mean, you know, if, if you ever do need a drummer in Germany, he's your guy to go to. Now, you said, you know, there's one Let thing. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you can believe it, ladies and gentlemen, you know what I'm saying? It's already been a whole hour on this podcast. Wow. So just saying, like, time goes by, you know what I mean? This is the cool thing about having interesting conversation. It just goes, it goes by really quickly. So aside from making music and doing all this kind of stuff, right? Are there any other things that you have learned during the, the lockdown or the pandemic that you didn't before? Actually, I've been, well, it's also music, but I've been learning how to deal with the fact that I will not go back on stage very soon. So the fact that I should start learning more about social media or digital, you know, music platforms or how to record stuff or 
you know, even online teaching, like how to deal with my students, you give them lectures and enough practical things to do even online. Mm. So yeah, it's a lot of time investment, but it's really been useful. Yeah. How about, cause I mean, for me, I really, I started getting into cooking a lot. Like I, I, no, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't do the I, bread thing. I wasn't making bread. Everyone was cooking. Everyone a was cooking. A lot of sweets, right? Or not? I don't know. Initial, well, I mean, you know, at some point my grandma was around. So I was basically like, tell me everything, you know, and I was just like learning all of her secrets and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I really started getting into cooking and, and, um, and I, I love that. Uh, oh, I did renovation. My friends helped me paint my apartment hey there you go you know um do you would you say that the uh seman family is famous for a particular dish maybe it's fete full or maybe it's your tabule is there something that you guys are like listen <laughs> uh we're gonna be taking care of the kibbe okay so just you you know <laughs> no, well, not really, but my mom loves making uh, sweets mostly, but I have a sister-in-law, like the wife of my brother, and she is a food dietitian, engineer, whatever, food technologist, stuff like this, and she's the creative one uh, at home with food, so, yeah, well, uh, unless she, she tries controlling the calories, but... But usually it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amani Seman has written something in here. What did she say? Yeah. This is uh, my cousin from Beirut and beyond, by the way. Oh, no okay. way. You guys are related. Wow. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amani Seman. We got Yana Seman. Yana or Jana? Oh, this is this Yana. dish we had together before she went to Paris, like two weeks ago, a few weeks ago. That's why. This yeah. is this deep fried thing, you know, with like dough. Amazing. Once a year, it's enough. Mm. Yeah, my mom doing this. Um, she's uh, she tries to continue the tradition of my past uh, grandma, my grandmother who passed away a few years ago. So mom is trying to keep the tradition. Yeah, yeah, man. That's one thing that I actually wanted to do for Christmas was actually take um, you know, uh, the family recipes from everyone, you know, uh, and compile them together you know, and, and make something nice because, you know, Christmas is for me, Christmas is kind of a big deal. It's the only time that I would ever come back to Canada and connect with family, um, you know, for over the past 15 something odd years. So it's still something I'm going to be doing and who knows, maybe I get it published, you know what I'm saying? Put it out there online, start making some fuzzles. You know what I mean? Um, do you have a, do you have a favorite restaurant be Beirut that you're like, you know, um, depends what I want to eat. What type of food? But so, whenever my friends from Germany are here, we go to Le Chef to have some, you know, tabak. Interesting, yeah. Le Chef. Yeah. I once and upon a time said, there, "Yeah." The school waiter, welcome to Lebanon. He says this, I think, once every one minute or two minutes. Yeah. So yeah. my friends, they they know this now by heart. They go there and they start saying alone, like, welcome to Lebanon, like to themselves, actually. <laughs> Yo, yeah. not going to lie. Look, no shade to Le Chef. You know, it's it's a thing. I used to get some stuff from Le Chef. But, uh, you know, uh, my grandmother, Teta Allah Yarhama, um, I never really went to Le Chef. But she was like, where should we go for, for lunch? And I was like, I don't know. A lot of uh, a lot of people keep saying le chef, le chef, le chef. Try their tabak. 
Dude, the amount of shade that my grandma looked at me with after she went there, she was like, no, no, no. You don't no. take your grandma there. You take your uh, foreign friends from Canada or something. Right. She was like, hey, Come on. Hide a taba. my grandma would kill me. Hide she makes the most amazing hummus in the world. I cannot take her to the chef. Right. You know? Well, hey, you know, having said that, though, um, Taule. Taule is one of my favorite places for Arabic food. I Every time that I go there, the, the su'l tayyib. Oh, my mm. God, dude. Like, wow, good. Like, just wow. If you haven't been, uh, I think there's one in the Bekaa. I've been, I've been there. It's right? Really and yeah. also, kind of a nice place to do performances, really. Why not? Yeah. You know? Sure. Um, are you more of a wine person, an arak person, or a beer person? I lived in Germany. Yeah, I know, but I mean that doesn't mean you know you could be like I only drink tequila, you know. <laughs> I'm a, a beer and a whiskey fan. Ah, what's your whiskey? Ah, okay, hold on. Irish, Scottish, or Japanese? Oh, Japanese! Of course, they win. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I had some. Um... No, I would say Japanese, Irish, and then Scottish. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. The the like technically the 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 Scots like they were the ones who started the whole thing, and then the Irish, by the order of the Peaky Blinders, um, you know they they. It's a matter of taste. Like I don't I don't like uh, smoked stuff. You know. Really. The smoking. No. Wow, yeah. I'm the opposite. The more smoke, the better. You know, like the mesquite. Like oh man, you know. Well, I mean, you said that you don't like it, but I mean, I don't know, but. Um, there's um, a couple of really crazy whiskeys out there that that have that smoky flavor, and I don't know. I used to not like whiskey at all. You know, I used to be like a pure Canadian, just like I like my beer. <laughs> yeah, you know, the yeah. wine Lebanese wine is too sweet for me, man. I can't, I can't, I can't. It's just too. Well, no, we have pretty good uh, dry wines. I agree, but still, uh, I don't know. A lot of the times. It's not as sweet as German wine, horrible. German wine is only sweet. So really? Very sweet. Yeah. Mm. It's the type of grapes they have. Yeah. I guess so. Well, Jenna, again, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I'm going to leave uh, you with a parting note to encourage, uh, to inform your fans and, and friends and family. Um, maybe you have some words of advice for young musicians who are aspiring to get into classical music. Like, you know, shout out who you'd like to shout out, promote what you'd like to promote, and, and uh, God bless you. Yeah, the, no, the only thing I want to say is during the different times, I, I'm facing this a lot with myself, my students, everyone around me. Everyone is losing, losing hope, faith, motivation, everything. Please do not do this. It's very dangerous. And let's just try to go through this phase. Everything is going to get much better soon, I'm sure. So just keep your motivation because then this is contagious. I think when someone around you is motivated and you know, this is contagious. So let's do it this way. I think do not lose your motivation. Definitely. Yeah. And plus people keep me going. Even if I see my students, let's say more people around me motivated, it, it helps me keep going. I'm motivated as well. It's contagious indeed. So, and the other way around, of course. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, reach out, connect with each other. I think that collaborating and expanding your horizons. Um, I'm telling you, man, like with the power of the internet, it has really um, like knocked down barriers, so to speak, you know, um, yeah. the good people like your cousin, you know, Beirut and Beyond International Music Festival, uh, putting really, really talented people at the forefront, you know, even though, you know, um, I, it's it's funny, like there are only so many, uh, what do you call them, promoters or platforms like Wicker Park and, um, you know, fucking uh, the Beirut Music International Festival, Biblos Festival, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, you know, there are like clicky things. I remember having a conversation once upon a time with Najee Baz from Buzz Productions, basically saying that, you know, like it would be really good if any time that a big act comes to Lebanon, that you tie it with someone who's like, you know, like have an opening act. Yes. You know? Yes. We, we don't use the local talents we have. We end up, even in the classical world, many of the times we bring like um, chamber music groups or orchestras. Uh, they they have a standard level, but actually, if you put the good good people together here, you can form a better orchestra or a better chamber ensemble. But we do not have. I don't know why you always think here that uh, foreigners are better or they are more educated or something. It's yeah. not true. No, so, for sure. It's uh, yeah. it's exotic. That's what it is. It's exotic. You know what I mean. So, but anyway, um, again. Jenna, thanks so much for taking the time and Thank have you. a great, I hope you feel as happy as I do. This is an amazing show. You're an amazing person. Much love to Scarlett, Red Booth. I hope that more guests uh, from the roster come through. They're doing really big things. So, you know, anyone who's tuned in and watching this podcast at, at, a, at another point in time, you know what I'm saying? Um, learn yourself something, yo. Learn yourself something. All right? Yeah, have a right. great night, darling. Take care. You too. Yeah, peace. Thank peace. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Another podcast in the bank. Shout out to Elias Haddad, man. I'm telling you, man, if you want to come on the podcast, I'd love to talk to you. This would be a great segue. You know, um, Homie Gone Done did a bunch of cool albums, man. Visions, Opus 5, Asymmetry, Memories Relived, I guess. Right? Relived. Yeah. Uh-huh. Please, a moment for you all, a, a, a kind request, okay? I have a kind for real request to the, the people who are, who are still tuned in. This podcast can only grow with the support of its fans and followers. So please go on to Apple Music, Spotify, follow us, comment, share, share our IGTVs, watch one of our episodes, be like, yo, this is hilarious. We just did an amazing, amazing, amazing uh, podcast with Grave Jones. There are some highlights. I know that I need to kind of do a bit more of a better job in terms of shortening these things because not everybody trying to watch, you know, two hours or an hour and a half of conversation. But like for real though, man, I we appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, you know, keep it locked in. Much love. Only here for the Wi-Fi.